Hey everyone, and welcome back to the First Act Podcast. I'm your host, Harry G, and today we've got a super special episode just for you. This is part one of the music industry inside the metaverse with music producer and co-creator of Lil Bitcoin and Crypto Money Records, Dominic Mitchell. Listen in as we break down Dom's many career transitions, using NFTs as a means to empower your audience and creating a digital universe for your music and community in Web3. This is an episode you do not want to miss. And now, hosted by Harry G, this is your one-stop shop for hot talk straight from the top. Whether you're trying to build a job in pop, rock, or any other artsy schlock, here's your top dog with info that can't be bought, it's gotta be sought. So sit back, crack a six-pack, because we're about to chit-chat and rip facts. It's the First Act Podcast. Without further ado, Dominique, thank you so much for being on the First Act Podcast. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Yeah, I'm super excited. So it's not every day we get to interview somebody who goes from the producer background and is now actually working in the Web3 space, merging music and entertainment, um, and a lot of your business savvy in this space. For those of the listeners out there who don't know about Dominique Mitchell, Dominique, I believe that you've worked with Juice World, Maxo Cream, Yo Gotti, T-Pain, and many other artists. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. So, yeah, those are a few of the names. A bunch of other people, independent artists, labels, major artists, major labels. Great. Wow. I'm really excited to to sink my teeth into your career, get to know a little bit more about your background. Um, but you are the co-founder and owner of Lil Bitcoin and Crypto Money Records, which is your new record label. I got to say, it's funny to say that out loud, Crypto Money Records, but I love the name, <laughs> Lil Bitcoin. I know that I, I abbreviated you earlier to Lil BTC. That's cool. He goes by Lil Bitcoin, Lil Bit, L1B1.1, all of those names, are, they mean the same thing. Yeah, I love it. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit more about your background and so that, just so I get a little bit more context as well. Okay. Well, you know, my name's Dominique. I go by production name of Mitch Moolah. Um, I'm the first generation born in America of my family uh, from Guyana. I grew up playing sports. I'm a highly competitive person due to, due to that. Music wasn't something that I planned on getting into. I didn't, I, I, like my dream as a child wasn't to be a music producer or in tech or any of these things. My, I was an athlete. That's what I was. That's what I did 24-7. Um, music kind of just... I guess landed on me after I blew my knee out playing college football and that was 2016. Here we are, uh, you know, six years later and now I'm, you know, in a different space when it comes to music, um, doing something that's completely new because of the Web3 NFT landscape is like we just landed on the moon. So uh, my company, Crypto Money Records, is, as well as Lil Bitcoin, to date has been the first to do a lot of things in the space, including artist residency, metaverse artist residency, that is. So like you said, background, that's pretty much it, man. I'm uh, come from the music background. I've opened and still currently run several successful businesses in real life. And now I'm just, you know, taking the information that I learned and gathered in these different fields and different practices and applying them here, which is uh, the number one thing is serving that niche market, serving that, 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 that consumer, the people that buy into to the project and believe what we're doing. My goal is to give them everything if I was them, what would I want? So I think of, I put myself in their shoes. If I was buying into this project, into the story, what would be the coolest thing on the planet for me? And that helps us stay innovative when it comes to delivering, whether it's NFTs, redeemables, physical copies of comic books, merchandise, whatever it is. So 
That's a quick background. I love that, man. That's sick. Okay, so you mentioned that you blew out your knee playing college football, which was only six years ago. So you got to be, some, if I, I hate to ask, but how old are you? I just turned 30 in June, June 18th. I turned 30. Okay, so you're 92, just like me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. I turn I turn 30 uh, in a month and two days, August 24th. Welcome to the club. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Um, right. Yeah, man. So, okay, so you're 30 years old, and you've worked with all these artists. You played, um, I guess, college football is like semi-professional football, right? Um, Basically, it's right before you go professional, and I was on my way to going professional. So when that happened, it was like, you know, you work your whole life for this one moment. You know, when I got this 15 scouts in the stands and working my whole life for this one moment and just like that, it's gone and you got to reroute and figure out, you know, OK, this is done. What do I do next? Can I ask, like, you know, I know it's more I know our focus here today is more about music and Web3, but I'm just kind of curious. What's the process like, you know, since like you're a kid going into high school? Like what what's that process like to then get scouted um, for colleges like um... For, so for me, it was different because I played soccer originally. I was playing on the U.S. national team as a, as a youngster. I played overseas um, when I was 11 and 12 years old. So I went from that to basketball to football. So I think for me playing college football, it, it would have looked like this. For most people, it looks like this. You play peewee football. You play uh, middle school football, high school football. And then you probably go to some big camps, go to college. Uh, my my route was a little different, but nonetheless, it was still, it was almost like, um, have you seen the movie 300? Yeah. Okay, so you know how they train the kids when they're young and they eventually grow up to be Spartans? Yeah. It, it's exactly the same thing. Like, you train your whole life for this, for that moment when you become a Spartan. It's like going to the NFL. So the scouting process was, you know, I was in my senior season. You got coaches coming in to the practices. They watch a film. They want to see how you are. They want to interact with you, talk to you, see what kind of, you know, where your mind's at, where your head is at. Then they go to the games and they want to see what you do in the games, in the game where they came. Um, I think it was like 15 different teams at the game. I blew my knee out and it was, I haven't heard from them since. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, because I guess if, if you if you get an injury so early, then they're like, ah, oh, well, you're, you're a liability for the team or, it, or just, it's, it's, it's something that works against you, right? Exactly. And in the nature of my injury is something that I think the doctor told me it only happens to 6% of people on the planet or football. It was something crazy to where I almost lost my leg. I blew, completely blew my knee. I couldn't walk, couldn't move it. It told me I wouldn't be able to run again. A lot of different, you know, it was like one of those injuries you see on Sports Center that you just cringe and close your eyes at. It was it was one of those. Brutal. Sorry to hear that, man. But it sounds like you really bounced back. So, so let's talk a little bit about that. So when you transitioned, I guess, outside of football, how were you feeling? Interesting enough, I wasn't, depressed or sad uh when it happened i was more in disbelief in the moment when it happened i was more just like like nah i put in too much work to get here this is not how this is so actually my leg was like like this i'm looking at my leg on my back and i grabbed it and snapped it back into place not even to make this the story sounds heroic but this is actually on film and like i was just in such disbelief like no 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 this is not happening like this is this is not how this ends my mom's in the stands my ex-girlfriend was in the stands and I put my leg down and get up. Mind you, I'm hollering, screaming, adrenaline's going. You know, I realized I couldn't even move my leg, you know. So as I was getting carted off the field, my mom jumped the fence and got on the field. And I looked at him like, Mom, it's over. She said, don't you ever blah, 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 <laughs> tell me it's over. So uh, in that moment, it was like, that was like the wake-up call right there. I didn't even have a minute to sorrow or like just, you know, feel self-pity. 
And that they, that's just really a testament to who my mother is coming to this country on a boat, making things happen with no resources. It was like, okay, it's not over. So in that minute, uh, when I got in the ambulance and I text a friend of mine who had connections in the music industry and I told him football is over, I need to win a Grammy. And then a week after that, I was I had surgery and then I was in Cleveland um, producing music and I was a full-time music producer the week after that. On wow. crutches, knee still messed up, you know, the whole nine. So who's your friend that, that you texted? Like, is is he, I guess, he, obviously, he's quite well connected in the music space. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. His name's Brian. He works at a company uh, called Live Mixtape. So I hit him up um, because it was an artist that they had that I was, at the time, I was making beats, but making beats and producing isn't the same thing. You know, as a college student, you got downtime. You might, I don't know build paper airplanes or do whatever. I was making beats in my downtime, you know what I'm saying? So I would send him beats over, just like, yo, just check these out. Mind you, I'm I'm an athlete, I'm going to the NFL, you know, my, I already bought the car, agencies is calling, it, it's already going there for me. So when that happened, I'm like, I, I know how to make beats a little bit. And mind you before, during that time as well, uh, my sister's a pro tennis player, so I was managing her, so, um, that was something I was doing, but I wanted to find something that I could, you know, just do myself that didn't require me really just doing that because that's not a, it's not really a full-time job. Mm-hmm. You know you know what I'm saying? That's something that like, yo, she might get two, three contracts a year and then me and the attorney go over that, handle it, uh, based on whatever it is. So I just wanted my own thing that I, that I had a skill set for. And that's what that was. So shout out to Brian. Wow. So this this is crazy because like, you know, I I, I get why I can totally understand why you wouldn't be like depressed. Well, you know, I think a lot of people wouldn't get that, but I think that I get it because you pivoted from soccer to basketball to football. And so I feel like you're used to pivoting. You're used to just like the unknown and and just adapting. Right. I feel like I kind of embrace it because, um, you know, it's, just for, like I told you, my me getting into college and playing football wasn't the typical route. So mm-hmm. I've accepted in my life, like, the things that I do, it's not going to be the typical route. It's not going to be, oh, yeah, you jump in the music industry, you do this, 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 this. And then that's how you, it's like, the rubric and the rules don't really work for me. I've always had to operate outside of them, not because I want to, just because, you know, the, the normal order of things just don't happen for me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a, I'm a producer in Web3 now. A hip-hop producing Web3, it may only be five, you know, may five or ten of us. Or just, let's just not even say hip-hop producer, just a music producer in general. I don't have a number one hit to my name. I don't have Grammys and, you know, a bunch, a million accolades. I went platinum, I've done big things, but the, the level of this project, you would think that I've done way more in Web2 to what I'm accomplishing in Web3. But that just that just goes to show, like... Um, yeah, the, the, the typical route of things just is not something that happens for me. I have to do things that, that are kind of new. Not saying I'm like an ultimate innovator, but it's it's cool to have these opportunities and then being able to act on them and take advantage of them. Like jumping from football to music, I didn't have, he was the only person I knew in music. It's like, okay, I'm going to jump into this. I don't know if I apply myself, you know, from a sports background. If I go to practice every day and work on my jump shot, I'll become a better shooter. If I, you know, make beats every day and work on, you know, knowing um, music theory, I'll become better at it. So it's just application. Yeah, you, obviously, I think having the sports background, it teaches you discipline at a very young age. Mm-hmm. So you, you learn how to learn, you learn how to, how to thrive in the unknown, you learn, you learn how to crush your components in, in, a, in a competitive way, right? Because right. you're just like, I'm not going to fail, 
I'm, you know, failure is not an option. It's like, okay, I, I messed something up or I didn't do this properly. I'm going to figure out how to do that properly. I'm going to, I'm going to try it again, try it again, try it again until you get it. So let's fast forward. Let's talk about, you know, Brian brings you out. Where, where did you say it was DC? Oh, Cleveland. Cleveland. All right, yeah. cool. So you went out to Ohio. So, and, and where are you based out of now? I'm in Miami. You're in Miami. I'm yeah, originally that, from Florida, South Florida. Yeah, that makes sense with the, with the area code. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you, you got brought out to Cleveland. And so so who was the first artist that you were working with? The first artist I was working with was um, a friend of mine that I grew up with named Veliano. So he was the first artist that ever take a liking to my music, listened to my music, rapped on it. Um, but outside of him, the artist that they brought me up here to work with was Rip Flames. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I grew up, I missed this in the uh, introductory, the bio part, but I grew up in um, Akron, Ohio. When I was 13, I moved to Akron to live with my dad and his side of the family. So I spent a good time up there. So um, being up there wasn't, it, was, it wasn't unfamiliar to me. You know, Akron is 45 minutes from Cleveland. And so I was at home still. Right. Okay. So it's still familiar territory. Yep. And so, so you're working with Rick Flames, you said? Yeah, Rick Flames. Yeah. And um, and so what track were you working on with him? We worked on, it's funny, uh, because Rip was, outside of Veliano, Rip was the first, well, Rip was the first person that I met in the industry that got all my music, but he actually had a huge love for the music that I made and a, a huge appreciation for it. So it went from one track to really his whole catalog up until a certain point. So it was Gone Girl was the first song we did. And after that, I think we did, um, I can't even tell you the, 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 in a sequential order because it was so many records we did. But yeah, yeah I did maybe maybe 100 songs a rip. Wow. So how, yeah. how much time a week would you say you were spending in the studio after like, you know, last week you're in the hospital dealing with your, oh, with your man. knee? I was, uh, the thing about it is when you produce the music in this day and age, like this is my studio right here. This is my home studio. You know, yeah. and I, I spend. This is Crypto Money Records right here. Yeah, this is the <laughs> office. So I spend, uh, I spend a good amount of time in the studio because it's portable. It's right here. So I was doing this, maybe eight to ten hours a day. You know, I'll take, not even take breaks. I might go watch TV. I might go get something to eat. I'm coming right back to it. And it's not like, uh, like a punch in, like a clock system where it's like, yo, I got to put in eight to ten. It's like I, I love what I'm doing, and I'm blessed and grateful to be doing it. So. Yeah, I was maybe doing, you know, eight hours a day, five times, that's 40 plus hours, you know, if I'm doing it on Saturdays and Sundays, that's 16 more, so maybe 60 hours a week or something. That's great. So, all right, so you work with Rip Flames, and then, so what? what where does your career go after this? So what, what starts to happen? You said you started to work with a lot of other artists, and, yeah, I'm, and, so and I know I, I name dropped at the beginning. I'm kind of curious to know how you ended up working with some of these big names. Yeah, so when you produce and um, you're working with one artist, his music kind of spreads, other artists take a liking to you. Other producers take a liking to you. Labels take a liking to you. So from Rip, uh, my management, we were managed by the same company, company that Brian worked for. They would take us to different cities. And uh, who was um, that? A lot of mixtapes. They went by a different name. They went by um, the Bless Group. So we would go to different cities with them and work with this artist, that artist, that artist. And I would also pitch artists like, yo, I want to work with him. Da, 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 da. So, um, the, the, so I moved there in... December. Um, and by June, I got word that I had a song with Yo Gotti coming out. And Yo Gotti is one of my favorite artists. So it was it was dope to hear that. And then um, I was in New York with my girlfriend. We were in New York. And my management company actually came up 
just randomly. I was there randomly. They came up randomly. Yo Gotti was there randomly. And we went to the studio with him, made some songs, and he played me the song that he did of mine. And like I said, my production name is Mitch Moolah. He named the song Money Making Mitch, which was which was crazy. It was mind blown. It was like, like what? How? <laughs> Why? You know what I'm saying? But that was like, the, that was to this day, that's the coolest moment in my career because it was just so random. Um, I didn't even know anything about the record till they told me. I forgot about it. I was in New York. Everything just happened so randomly. But after that, momentum started to pick up because obviously Yo Gotti's a, a big rapper and a lot of people know him and like his music. So I started to get a lot of side jobs and, you know, other people went to production. So from there it was, you know, go back to Atlanta, go to LA, just start hitting the road more. And then a few placements later, T.I. placement, uh, T-Pain placement, and then the Juice World placement happens. And when that happens, everything kind of like just speeds up in a sense how old are you at this point i was 25 26 yeah and you'd been doing it for what like a year at this point two years uh with the yogati placement it was maybe nine months um the juice world placement was but i don't want to get the listeners uh confused because a lot of times people tell you stories they don't give you full context behind it like i was i was making beats for three years before i got these placements i decided to jump in the music industry and be a producer and got these placements within nine months. But it was a lot of work that went into me getting these placements. You know what right. I'm saying? 10 to 12 hours a day, three years. Exactly. And um, yeah. not, not the whole three years because I was playing football, college football, but it was still, I would still do this for like two, three, four hours a day while I was playing football. So right. I was skilled at what I did. I jumped in with a, with a good understanding of the skill set and the craft. So, um, Nonetheless, things still happen kind of fast. You know what I mean? Um, I went platinum within the first, that was 2016, 17. I went platinum within the first two years of me doing it, working with Juice World, working with Lil TJ. He actually, Lil TJ got me my first mastering, um, first mastering placement. So the first time I mastered a song, I went platinum on that. So it's two times platinum now, which is a whole different skill set to produce. Which track was that that you went platinum with? Um, it's called Leaked. Leaked. Yeah, but I also, so that track is my first mastering platinum track, but I also went platinum with Juice World, Um And I think another song just went gold the other day, but. That's great. It's really incredible, man, that you've, you, you've amassed so much um, experience in so many different facets of music and sports and entertainment at such a young age, and you're only 30 years old. You know, you're only three months older than me. all right so next question here is you know you've worked with a lot of these artists and Mm -hmm. so are you still producing or are you focusing full-time on web3 right now and focusing your producing efforts only on web3 um so here's the thing i gotta give you context to this so for the last two years i say i haven't been producing records like i haven't had much placements come out because i was focused on understanding the, the music business itself um, I got. A, I have a bachelor's degree in business marketing, and like I told you, I was managing my sister's uh, tennis career during college. And with me managing her tennis career, that includes me doing deals with her, well, for her, with her, for Nike, Adidas, Asics, and I think I'm missing one more. So, um, understanding that business and then coming into the music industry, you know, the first thing is getting songs, getting placements, make it happen. But then I realized. I got to get paid, you know what I mean? And I felt like the people that were representing me weren't interested in, in, in getting me paid. So it's no problem. I'll take it upon myself. I've done this before in different areas. So uh took the last two years to figure out 
how to make money off of music while also setting up other businesses. Last year, jumping into Web3 NFTs, I wanted to get as much experience and information as possible so I could understand how to scale this company and how to, how to do it the right way. What does the consumer want? Because it's brand new. It's not like I can go look up on YouTube. Well, I can go look up on YouTube, but the information on there is going to be fairly new because this is fairly new. You know what I mean? So I was full-time Web3 from April last year up until maybe March this year. You know, March this year, I decided, okay, cool. I got a good understanding of this, of this um, Web3 space. I can jump back into music and do both at the same time. So right now I've been producing for a good amount of artists. I have um, two major placements coming out before the end of this year, which I'm super grateful for. Um, and those aren't Web3 placements. Those are just Web2. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm 100% Web3, 100% music right now. So I've got so many questions, man. Thanks for tuning in to part one. Stay tuned for part two. Remember, new episodes release every Thursday at 12 p.m. Pacific. See you there.